direct conversation, some deep reactions, please. All this comics narrationating me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little fight, baby, is what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Ret Conversations. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri. And with me, my partner in crime, who will tell you, don't ever throw away your miracle. Don't let it slip away. Nothing should matter. It's Professor L. Leia Cameron. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we're, we're doing some deep cuts yeah, for some 90s is... songs. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. That was a uh, little miracle Very by Whitney Houston. Yeah, that was Whitney Houston right there. And uh, our guest today, a friend of the show, Mr. J.R. Killian Green is here. Hello, sir. Hello. So glad to have you here. Yes. Well, as we record this, it is Halloween Day. Uh, It is Halloween Day. um, Right after this. Oh, yes. And of course, we are being audited by... The lovely and talented, the Baronessa, Miss Jennifer Howland. Yo! Who, right after this show, <laughs> we are going to decorate our front porch to give away comic books and dress as the Adams Family and eat off of a charcuterie board and drink wine and be just lavish as fuck. That uh, sounds lovely. You know, it's just lovely. another <laughs> Sunday. Yes, yeah, just, just another day. <laughs> Help children with candy. Uh, <laughs> yell at them to read comic books. <laughs> and then once they have comic books in their hands, tell them to get off our lawn. That's right. <laughs> Fine, go, well, you stayed your hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, one uh, one comic book I would not encourage children to read is the uh, topic of today's program, Mr. Miracle. That's um, very true. <laughs> not, uh, not advised for children. Um, I would not give this to a child. <laughs> uh, great comic. Fantastic sex scenes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, for people just joining us, this is how this program will go. Uh, Mr. JR is here to have Professor L explain to him the entirety of Mr. Miracle by Tom King. Uh, he has never read it. Uh, and so basically throughout this, we're going to fill him in on everything. But the hope is is that he will be so interested by the end that he and you, the listener, will uh, have to go out and get it right away and, and read it cover to cover to pick up on any of the things that uh, Leia or I have missed. Uh, JR has the power to emergency break the entire show at any point, stop it dead in its tracks and ask any question he wants. It could be, who is that character? It could be, could I get a little more frame of reference on that? And... More often than not in this, it'll be, what the ever-loving fuck? Uh, And so, at that point, it is my job as the second instructor uh, to answer his questions. Uh, We'll see. Uh, As we'll get into, I'm not a DC person, really. This whole thing was brand new to me. This is the first time I had read it. So, um, I may actually depend on, since we have our peanut gallery, uh, Jennifer's here, um, I may depend on her if Leia can't answer the question then to just make something up, Woo-hoo! Uh, which has been great success uh, in past <laughs> shows. It's true. It's true. So uh, if there are no further questions, Professor L, the floor is yours. All right. 
So uh, before we even begin this, just to get this out of the way, this is the first time I think I've ever had to do this, but uh, content warning um, for um, childhood abuse, for suicide, for um, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in here. Um, (laughs) So um, if you are not comfortable with these topics, no harm, no foul. You can skip this one because this is a pretty loaded book and a very loaded story um there's also heavy religious overtones which is very interesting um so that being said um this is mr miracle by tom king uh this was uh at the end of 2009 a bunch of people asked me what i thought the best comic book of of the uh of the i'm sorry not not 2009 2010 or 2019 uh, end of 2019, people asked me what I thought the best comic book series of the decade was, and I said this one, hands down. Uh, and I'm not a DC person. But Leia, uh, just to point it out, uh, you know, 1980 was 20 years ago, so I'm not sure this how is it true. would have been 2019. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like to think about that. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um but uh, this was this was my my pick of the 2010s, basically, and and not being a DC person, that holds a lot of weight. Um, and uh, I hope that uh, by doing this, everybody will go out and pick up a copy for themselves because it really is uh, a masterpiece. And there's going to be some things that I just kind of skip over or or gloss over a little bit because it's either uh, kind of irrelevant to the story or um is fighting but even then the artwork is incredible and the way this story is told visually is something that i don't think anybody should miss so there's going to be some things that i just don't mention in terms of the artwork um that are relevant to this story um that you'll just have to see for yourselves so that being said uh, all that out of the way um we open up on a sort of uh brief retelling of who this character is and how he came to be um basically you know years ago uh this the old gods uh died and uh when the old gods died two different planets were formed um equal in power but very different um the new the planet called new genesis uh is basically uh the good planet um, it's ruled by the kind and gracious High Father. Um, they, they're all good folks. They're all normal people. Um, and then we have the hellscape of Apocalypse. Um, and this is Darkseid's planet. Um, these two planets are completely, basically opposites of, of each other. Um, Darkseid, which is a common theme, uh, seeks to find what's called the anti-life equation. Um, And the anti-life equation is pretty much exactly what it sounds like on the tin. Um, Look around you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he wants to find this so that he can uh, have essentially unlimited power and rule over everything. Um, So these two planets go to war and it is a very long um, ceaseless war, you know, between good and evil, basically. Um, so this war, uh, finally kind of comes to a head when there's a ceasefire. 
um, contingent upon the exchange of children. Um, Darkseid and the High Father would exchange their two sons. So Darkseid would raise the son of the High Father, and the High Father would raise the son of Darkseid. Um, so that's what happens there. The boy who is raised by the High Father, uh, his name is Orion, and the boy that is raised by Darkseid, who is the son of the High Father, is Scott Free. Question. Yep. Yes. Uh, th- well, first off, that feels like a very bad idea, um, and <laughs> just in general. Well, um, I, I feel I feel that following the practices of medieval uh, fiefdoms, nothing ever goes wrong with that. I mean, nothing ever goes wrong, especially when supernatural <laughs> things are involved. Um, is this one of those like nature versus nurture kind of experiences? Yes. Or is okay? All right. Yes. Well, I'll just go back to the also, corner I was in. Also, with a ton of religion thrown in. Well, you brought the theologian into this one, and I feel like this was purposeful. The the theologian and the therapist, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that you, I, and Josh will need therapy over by the time that we are done with this book. Great. Oh, so good. Yes, the theologian and the therapist. This book also needs therapy very badly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Very much so. Uh, Doc Sampson is not a a character in the DC universe. However, he is is already busy in the Marvel universe. Counseling everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I could get a job doing this, I probably wouldn't. Uh, if I could get a job being the counselor to superheroes, I probably wouldn't. But um, yeah, for, for who knows? more on that, see the boys. Uh. <laughs> so um, the only other thing that you really need to know about, well, there's two more things that you really need to know about this whole deal is that. Um, the High Father tells Orion uh, that there was a prophecy that one day the son of Darkseid would kill Darkseid. Uh, meanwhile, in Apocalypse, um, Scott Free is basically trained uh, and raised up to be a warrior by uh, this character called Granny Goodness, uh, which is a very ironic name. She's the opposite of that. Um, but so he tries again and again to escape apocalypse. He's li- very literally being abused every single day in this hellscape. And um, he tries to escape so many times that that's how he gets the name Scott Free. Granny Goodness gives him that name. Yeah, um, important to to note here that the High Father purposefully, since he knew he was giving up his child, just didn't give him a name. Yeah. Yeah. He did not give him a name. He was just like, all right, kiddo, good luck out there. And okay. So, all right. That's okay. All right. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a yeah, lot fuck of child X. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Really? That's all right. My therapist brain is kicking in and I'm like, so all right, no mirroring and no twinship fun times. He's not going to oh. come out very screwed up. So no. trauma after trauma after trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, all right. Yeah. Continue on. All right. So, um, while he is in Apocalypse, uh, he meets a uh, young woman named Big Barda. Um, Big Barda is, uh, you know, falls in love with him. And um, Scott Free eventually manages to escape Apocalypse. Um, he, he, uh, he gets out of Apocalypse. He goes to Earth. Um, he befriends an escape artist in a circus called Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle, the, the first, um, was murdered and Scott basically assumes his identity and becomes a super escape artist. Um, he marries Big Barda. 
they uh, live together and he builds his his new family on earth and then so this is how we open issue one we open issue one with scott slitting his wrist and issue one you say like issue yes. one yeah okay well, oh, it gives you right. it gives you this overview of basically <laughs> right. there are these two worlds, blah blah blah. They escaped. Uh, he and Big Barda get married, and he becomes Mister Miracle. Like all in like an exposition dump, and then boom, slits his wrists. That is how we see our first uh, real image of Mister Miracle. The second page, and so there's going to be a couple of little parables, I guess, uh, that are going to be important to the rest of the story. Uh, so I will read them verbatim so that you can kind of hold that in your mind. Um, <clears throat> it seems to be a memory or a vision, or it's not quite clear of a young boy. Um, and it says, the teacher says to the whole class, draw whatever you want. When they're done, the teacher asks them what they've drawn. And the children say dinosaurs, hearts, superheroes, anything. It doesn't matter. Then one child says, I drew God. And the teacher says, that's very nice, but no one knows what God looks like. And the child without a second's hesitation says, yeah, until now. So we cut over now to a sort of montage of Scott being taken in an ambulance to the hospital. Um, Big Barda, of course, you know, crying, frantic, trying to take care of him. And, you know, he's hooked up to monitors and he's just kind of sitting, laying motionlessly in a hospital bed. Um, <clears throat> he's released from the hospital. Of course, there's a bunch of reporters asking him all kinds of questions and whatnot. Um, and it's very, it's very, it's, it's very disjointed. Um, it's, it's a lot of flashes of <clears throat> the aftermath of this, this suicide attempt, right? And you start to get little panels in here every once in a while, and I won't count all of them. The number isn't important, but little panels, every maybe five, six panels is just a black panel that says dark side is. This is also very important. Um, Scott is then visited by Orion, um, who like teleports into the, the condo that him and Barda share. And uh, Orion says, stand, Scott free. And Scott replies, fine, standing. And uh, Orion punches him, knocks him to the ground. <clears throat> And then says, stand. And this repeats for a little while. So the, the, the refrain of stand, standing, punch, stand, standing, punch. Um, and Barta wakes up. They're, they're both asleep, but they were both asleep on the couch. Barta finally wakes up, asks him what the hell he thinks he's doing. And <clears throat> Orion replies, I'm teaching. And Barta freaks out. Barta was also raised in apocalypse. Um, and she basically tells him to fuck off uh, that he, he can't he can't teach them anything. Um, they were raised in apocalypse in the pits. They know what the hell teaching is. He's not good at it. So Orion leaves um, and he uses something called a mother box to do so. And the mother box is <clears throat> basically like a combination cell phone teleporter. Uh, basically, it looks like kind of like a, a cell phone on steroids. It's kind of hard to explain, but it does Theory. everything pretty much. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> when when Barda uh, goes to Scott and, you know, Scott's got, you know, his, his face is messed up, you know, he's, he's bleeding. Um, Barda tries to comfort him and Scott 
tries to interrupt her and tells her that her eyes aren't blue. They're brown. Why are they brown? And Barda's very confused. And she's like, don't be crazy. They've always been brown. You know, what are you talking about? Some Berenstain bear shit. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that, and that scene ends. Uh, we cut over to a dream sequence. And in this dream sequence, uh, Mr. Miracle Scott is being interviewed by a, uh, like a late night, uh, television talk show host. Um, and the talk show host asks him why he killed himself, uh, without saying it in so many words. You know, he's like, we, we know you tried something new. We might want to address it. Um, you know, and, and Scott says, you know, it's important for people to know, um, it was just a trick. It was just a trick. You know, I've been doing so many escapes that, um, I finally thought, you know, what, what can't I escape from? It was getting easier and easier. And what, what can't I escape from? What, what doesn't anybody escape from? Um, death. They can't escape death. So I killed myself and the audience applauds and cheers and laughs. Um, and the talk show host then asks, well, you know, that leaves only one question. Did you really escape? Did you really escape death? Did you escape death? And before Scott can answer, they quote unquote cut to commercial. And that's that. So this is kind of the central theme of the whole story. Um, if you can escape anything, can you, can you escape death? What does that mean? Uh, escaping death, especially in this context. Um, so we cut to a kind of flashback where, uh, Scott is talking to High Father, to his real dad, uh, his biological dad. And, um, they are discussing the anti-life equation and, uh, Scott finds out that Darkseid actually has the anti-life equation. And with this equation, he will be able to change reality. Um, and Scott basically needs to do something about it. Um, when this flashback is concluded, um, Scott is backstage, uh, in a, in a studio and he's with a, uh, his old partner, Orion, who was the partner of the former Mr. Miracle, the human one that was, that was killed. And, uh, he gives him a, a pair of handcuffs, um, that are supposedly are, are impossible to break out of, uh, while he's putting his handcuffs on Scott, he repeats the story that I told earlier about the kid and, and, you know, no one knows what God looks like. And as he finishes the story, there's a knock at the door and it's Barda. And she comes in, she's, she, and she's like, you know, I don't like you being alone in here. And he was like, what are you talking about? There's, you know, Orion's here, you know, he gave me some handcuffs, you know, I, I got him off really easy. Like everything's fine. And Barda is kind of floored by this part is like, what, what the hell are you? Okay. Like what is happening? Um, and it turns out that he's, he's been dead for a month. Um, Scott actually was the person who chose to essentially pull the plug on him. There was, you know, he had, he had cancer. Um, he was suffering and, you know, you, you pulled the plug on him. What are you talking about? But Scott insists that he's there. Um, and Bart is like, no, there's there's literally nobody here. You're by yourself. So you're saying that <clears throat> Orion's been dead for a month? Not, yes. not Orion. Uh, the the uh, previous Oberon. Mr. Miracle. Oberon. Oberon. Yeah. Yeah. The previous Mr. Miracle has been dead for a month. And now... Yes. No, no, no. Oberon, Oberon was his partner. Oberon. So, so Oberon Miracle. was the one that gave him handcuffs and la la. This is, Mr. This is, this is Bernie Clifton's dressing room. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Very, very, very similar to that. Yes. Okay. Uh, for those of you out there who have no idea what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> it is an Inside Number Nine episode, which I would recommend everyone watching all of Inside Number Nine. But if you want to be sad, um, <laughs> you watch that and the Twelve Days of Christine, which I can tell you fucked her up. So there we go. It's true. It did. Um, so this is also kind of interspersed with with like the present day, um, where Scott gets a a message on uh his mother box from orion saying that uh the high father his father is now dead uh dark side has killed him uh he's taken control of new genesis uh and they're organizing a resistance so scott and Barta set off um they go off to uh basically be generals in this war um but before they leave scott as the portal is opening up scott is takes his time to uh, tell Barda that something is wrong. Um, he can't put his finger on it, but something, everything is wrong with him. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know, we got to go do this. You know, we don't have time for this. You know, you're, you're the son of the high father. You know, you're, you're the heir to his throne. We got to, we got to get going. And he's trying to tell her that he doesn't, he's having essentially a, a, a mental breakdown um, and he doesn't know how to escape it. This is something he doesn't know how to escape and he doesn't think he can escape it. So Barda slaps the shit out of him and says, stand. And he replies, standing, gets back up. And she's like, all right, great, let's go. And they leave. Um, so. So, so that, that, <laughs> that <clears throat> repetitive cycle happens again, but this time not with Ryan smacking him down, but with his wife. Yes. Right. Yes. And, um, and in response to him saying, I'm having some severe psychological problems and we right, really need stand to address it. In a west, yeah. All right. So this yeah. is, so it's, it feels very, would you kindly, but, um, yes, it yeah, does. you know, that's, it, it's, yeah, that's actually kind of apt. Um, but it's very much, it's that, that kind of call and response is part of their training. Yeah. Uh, or was, was part of their training in apocalypse was, you know, you, you stand, you get hit. You stand back up, you get hit again, but you always stand up. You always stand up. Yeah, this um, is the this is the um, the core theme throughout get, Granny Goodness's training. Um, however, you will also find out other training things that they will mention throughout. <laughs> um, but at the end of it, this is always the core lesson in Granny Goodness's stuff: is no matter what I do to you, you will get back up. Right. Okay. All right. I'm just. I'm okay. Right. <laughs> because essentially they are for better or worse, essentially they are being trained to be warriors. Warriors get yeah. back up. Um so they do go to war, they fight, they kill some people, um, and they meet up with Orion, who is now the new has taken the place of the new high father. This is interesting because really this is Scott's place. This isn't his place, but he has taken it. Um and uh Orion makes them kneel in front of him which the the previous high father has never done um it is pretty clear immediately that orion's going to be a real douchebag about all of this um and he lets them know that uh while while scott and barda's uh armies have been doing well um dark side's forces have killed over two hundred and fifty thousand troops and seven of uh what they call their brother gods because these are the these are the new gods um <clears throat> the reason that dark side's armies have been so successful is because their field commander is none other than granny goodness 
Um, so they have decided essentially to uh, pull in Scott and Barda to go kill her directly because they know that they have, they have beef with her. Um, we cut over to uh, Barda and Scott sleeping. And while they are sleeping, a, I don't even know how to explain this character, uh, but his name may give you some clues because you are a theologian. His name is Metron. Um, and Metron appears to Scott in his sleep and says, Scott Free, you are not to know the face of God. Do you understand, Scott Free? You are not to know the face of God. And Scott's response is kind of to roll over in bed and be like, hey, Bardo, Metron's here. Oh, tell him it's late. We got to go. You know, we got to be up early. And he just goes back to sleep. Um, something that's outstanding about this book is that even though it deals with very, very serious and deep topics, the comedic beats in here are just chef kiss. Um, and so, yeah, basically the, the, the voice of God has come to them to tell them not to, not to know the face of God. And he's like, Oh, just come back later. You know? <laughs> um, so, uh, they teleport over to granny goodness. Uh, um, the next day and bef- as they're heading out um, Scott and Barter are talking about her uh, and he asked Barter if she ever liked her and he remembers a time that he was essentially hanging in a place called the Judas Cradle as a child for days because he spilled his milk and she was supposed to be or he was supposed to be in there longer but she came in early and took him out and held him and so he's kind of uncertain because that was good, right? That was nice. Maybe she isn't all bad. And Barter was like, no, I've never liked her. Um, she hurt us. I didn't have so you can kind of syndrome bullshit. Right. But you, you, so you can kind of see like the, the, again, you know, with the conflicting emotions of, of childhood trauma, be like, well, you know, she did hit me a lot, but there was that one time that she hugged me, you know, so that it, again, is going to be a theme throughout this. So they transport over to the battlefield where uh, Granny Goodness is, and uh, she, of course, greets them like her two long-lost children. You know, look at you, you're so grown up, you know, uh, whatever. And this kind of almost mollifies them for a second. They kind of don't know what to do with this. Um, And she invites them in for jello into into her tent, and... um, when they get in there, she they they see that uh, she has captured uh, one of the gods, and um, is starving him to death. And they are eating directly in front of him. Um, and of course, Granny recounts a adorable childhood tale of uh, the time that she deprived Barda of water for two weeks. And you know, oh my goodness, how you screamed and cried! But you know, you were already four. You were a big girl. You know, you could have been. You would have been fine. You were fine. So she's a real um, peach. Oh yes. yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I of course, being the the academic that I am, had to look up what a Judas Cradle is. This is a thing in the oh, wow. world. Okay. Um, a Judas Cradle is a purported torture device by which the suspended victim's orifice was solely impaled on and stretched by the pyramidal tip of the seat. Oh no. That makes it so much worse. All right. Well, I I'm glad to I'm glad to have been here for to uh to it was wooden, as a matter of fact. So just thanks for coming, kids. Up. Yeah, yeah. Hope you all had a wonderful time. Uh, happy Halloween. <laughs> happy Halloween. <laughs> Angels to some, devils yes. to others. You know, the whole nine yards. All right. So 
that that made it a lot darker. <laughs> Thanks, JR. You made it worse. I'm so glad. That's my job, isn't it? That's my job. Isn't that my job on the show to make it worse? Okay, I'm going to go back. Continue. All right, well. There's going to be some other references to things that I thought previously were just an invention of the comic books. and prob- um, <laughs> So, uh, long story short, Granny asks if, uh, if Metron visited Scott last night. And he said, yes, you know, but, but I thought it was a dream. And she said, well, there's, there's so much more you need to know. Orion contacted me this morning and told them and told her that, uh, that Scott and Barta were coming and that they... Uh, intend to kill her. So he double crosses them. Um, the prophecy is, is kind of what is compelling everyone to, to act this way. Uh, the prop, the, the prophecy that Darkseid's son would kill is the only person that could kill Darkseid. And that would be Orion, right? And, and Granny replies, well, is he Scott? Is he or are you? And in response, Scott kills her. Um, they leave. Scott doesn't. Scott doesn't kill her. Barda does. I'm sorry. Barda kills. Him. Yes. Um, That's Barda... important later. Yes. <laughs> and um, so yes, Barda kills him. They leave. Um, Scott, meanwhile, is really struggling. Um, he's clearly there is clearly something not right with him. And the next part of the story. Uh, I'm not going to re- read the whole story, but it, it, it talks about how essentially um, there was a Christmas story that Granny Goodness used to tell uh, Scott about essentially some people that were killed in the Holocaust. Um, not a Christmas story at all. Um, and again, this kind of exemplifies what uh, the kind of person that Granny Goodness was and how they were raised. Like that's your, that's your Christmas story is a story about a family that was killed by the Nazis in the Holocaust. Um, so not, not super happy. Not great. Um, I, uh, unless it makes you uncomfortable, I, I, I think I can sum up that story in about a minute. And I do think it's pretty important to the narrative um, because it's comparing a religious thing with what we do to children. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. Go ahead. So it's in the Netherlands during the Nazi occupation and there's a five-year-old kid and he's learning about Jesus and, and Joseph and Mary going around and how there was no room anywhere except uh, at a, uh, in a, in a stable. And they mention the teacher mentions that they were Jews and the, this five-year-old kid says, Oh, well then they could have stayed in our basement. Um, Nazis show up, find a Jewish family in their basement, kill the dad, send the, the kids and the mother to camps uh, one sister dies, kid is separated, and basically ends up dying not of the gas in the concentration camp, but of all the people piled on top of him trying to escape uh, the gas. So, and this is then a real pleasant story. I mean, this and, is a real pleasant comic. Well, is and the point is, so the point is that Granny Goodness was would always end that story that she told repeatedly with "Merry Christmas." Um, so when horrible things happen throughout this comic. Every once in a while, Scott will just say Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is a real upper. Continue on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it, it, to me, it also very much showed, I mean, because the story is essentially about how even the Nazis that were teaching were still teaching that Jesus was Jewish. 
and they were all Christian, but to save Jews in the present day or in the, you know, that present day meant execution. And it, it's a very enlightening thing, or it was to me on Granny Goodness did not see the, or did not, you know, acknowledge uh, how weird that was dynamically, but Scott absolutely gets it, you know, or Granny Goodness was telling that story to show the, the you know, the, the weirdness there. Um, right. Anyway, I, I, I did want to make sure that we approach that story because I found it important to understand what happens moving forward. No, and you did a, you did a, a, a great uh, summation of it. So I, that's, that was very well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, I will admit that I kind of skimmed over that part. I've, I've read this a couple of times and I always kind of skim over the part, that part because it makes me a little uncomfortable, but I understand no, I exactly why. Totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Scott is in his living room uh, and he is, he's, he's being met with uh, a, the general of the bugs, whose name is Forager. Um, I need to point out that the bugs are not bugs like real bugs. That's just their, their name. Um, they, they're, humanoid looking things um but they are not actual bugs um they're foot soldiers they're grunts yeah um and orion lets him know that uh he would prefer to um to follow scott into battle um because orion doesn't seem to understand that there are limits um the queen of the bugs uh was executed for treason uh and her head is hanging next to granny's um and they will no longer follow Orion in, in the war. They will follow him wherever they will take him. Um as he finishes this sentence, uh a character called Lightbringer uh kind of portals into the room and uh straight up disintegrates him. Um on by orders of the High Father, by orders of Orion, uh for being a traitor. And so Light Ray is is Orion's right hand for the most part um and he lets uh scott know that uh he that, that the bug was not specifically instructed not to speak to him uh those were the consequences and scott asked well yeah but is that true and lightbringer says don't be stupid and leaves and that's when scott says merry christmas um so um he gets into bed next to barda and lets her know that uh hey you missed forager and light ray uh and they're cuddling together and then in the middle so this is the way the structure of the story is set out in nine panel grids the entire structure is nine panel nine panel nine panel nine panel so in the middle of this nine panel there is again the dark side is which scott then repeats out loud to barda and says everyone says that but what does it mean i bet it doesn't mean anything and people just think it sounds cool very 90s kid of him <laughs> right <laughs> Um, so we get to, uh, we, we cut away to a, uh, a series of panels that illustrate, uh, one of Scott's amazing escapes. Uh, this will happen a couple times in the story. In this particular case, he is climbing into a wooden crate that has been suspended from like some type of, of bridge or crane or something of that nature, uh, in the air. And, uh, on the count of three, the crate is released smashes to the ground and of course scott isn't in there um scott and barda are eating lunch and uh <laughs> nice cafe just a oh, nice cafe you know. um and uh 
she lets him know that Orion wants him to, you know, wants both of them to come back early uh, and that he called while, while he was performing, except that Scott insists that he wasn't performing. He was actually escaping. It's not a trick. He was actually escaping. Um, this is also important too. Also important um, to note that it never shows how he escapes anything. Right. We're seeing it, it from the audience's point of view every time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't ever see any of his escapes from his point of view. Um, so as they're talking, um, Scott tries to tell Barda again, that there's something wrong with him. Um, and that, and she, she initially thinks that he's referring to his suicide attempt and like the, re you know, why he committed suicide or tried to commit suicide. And he said, it's not about what I did. I was trying to escape. And sometimes I don't know what's real. This is also very, very important. Um, and, you know, she kind of is cavalier about it and was like, well, that's easy, darling. I'm real. Um, you know, and then they're, they're, their lunch is interrupted by a bunch of uh, a bunch of fans who want a selfie. And that conversation kind of grinds to the, you know, it kind of grinds to a halt. It's not I like addressed. a state that I don't trust her now. <laughs> <laughs> JR, uh, if I were to tell you that I was real, would you not trust me? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> If out of nowhere you're like, but I'm real, I'd be like, what happened? And where am I? And I need to get out. Like that's <laughs> so um we now cut over to the, the introduction of Funky Flashman. Funky Flashman, uh, it's very important to note that in this particular comic, uh Funky Flashman is basically a satirical equivalent to Stanley. Yep. Um, Mr. Miracle was designed and, and written by Jack Kirby. And if you know anything at all about the uh, contentious history between those two um, and the kind of uh, contentious uh, background of Stanley, Tom King specifically put this character in to just rip Stanley a new one. Yep. Um, and it, it will become clear. There will be a couple beats that I will touch on. Uh, as we go that we'll kind of point that out but that's kind of what you need to know is that this is basically an ostentatious jazzed up version of Stanley. um so he does he he introduces uh scott free to to orion like announces him in his entrance into the room um and uh orion asks everybody to leave and he will talk to scott alone and um scott tells orion that his father had told him that dark side has the anti-life equation and he suspects that the anti-life equation may be inside of him. And maybe that's what made him attempt suicide. And he wants to know if Orion knows about this or if it's also inside of Orion too, that if he's been affected, like infected with this anti-life equation and Orion replies with, have you ever seen the face of God? And punches him right in the face um and he just starts kicking the shit out of scott and is like i asked you a question answer the question didn't you hear me have you ever seen the face of god and as he finally gets to the point where he essentially like grinds scott's face into the ground with a boot he tells scott i have i have witnessed the divine it helped me and it will help you and he refers to scott as his brother and uh, Scott replies that he isn't his brother. He takes off his helmet and says, 
see me. This is the face of God. And this just kind of repeats over and over again. And the panels get glitchier and glitchier and glitchier until they become almost uh, like completely distorted. And that's how that issue ends. So we now cut over at the beginning of the next issue uh, to Scott again, recovering in his bed um, and Barta is at his bedside and uh, Barta basically wants uh, she's, she's sitting there and there's a, there's a knock at the door and Barta goes over to answer it. And she tells, basically she tells him to go to hell. Um, but it's light ray and light ray is there, uh, with an official degree decree from, from the high father. So Scott gets up, gets dressed, um, and, uh, meets up with light ray in the living room and <laughs> light ray tells him that, uh, Ryan has now been has now declared that Scott Free is an agent of dark side and an enemy of the free and proud people of New Genesis. Um, Barter's response to this is to slap him upside the head. And Scott's response to this is to pour himself a cup of coffee. Um, it is also important to note that the coffee mug that Scott's, Scott's drinking out of uh, simply says on it, I am God. Um, this mug actually makes an appearance a couple times throughout the course of the series. Yep. Um, and, uh, Bart is upset. Bart is pissed. Barter wants light, light ray to get the fuck out. Um, and Scott is very casual about this. Um, they, they, he tells them that, um, the, the general has, uh, general free has a choice. Uh, general free may either be executed or he may go to trial. Scott chooses a trial. Um, and so Lightbringer was like, okay, you can, you can do it here or, you know, wherever you want. It's, you can choose the location. And Scott, again, very, very casual. Um, you know, just like, yeah, we can just do it here. I got some stuff being delivered this week. And I just, you know, I want to make sure that nobody steals my Amazon packages, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I have a, and I have a show. Yeah. I've got a show. I've got stuff to do. So like, let's just do it here, man. You know, um, <laughs> And uh, Lightbringer makes the egregious misstep of calling Big Barda a little bitch. Uh, yeah. To which uh, she just kicks the absolute crap out of him and is like, you know, say it again. Uh, and just beats him to a pulp before he leaves. Um, we we don't know much about this trial at this point. Um, you know, and they, they're discussing how many people they think are going to show up. Like, and he's like, I don't know. And like Orion, obviously, you know, light ray, probably some security. Uh, Barta suggests they go to the store and at least pick up a veggie tray. It's um, very Midwestern. This very Midwestern. Um, and then we cut over to another one of Scott's escapes. Um, Scott is standing on a barrel, uh, outside of like, like on a rail yard. Um, and uh, actually one of the train cars that he's directly in front of is, it says Wayne on it. It's presumably Wayne Industries um, for, for never appearing in this film, by the way, uh, Batman shows up a lot in this film. Uh. <laughs> and, well, it's also important uh, that we haven't mentioned yet. Most of the time Scott is in like a t-shirt and jeans. The t-shirt is always some other superheroes t-shirt. Yes. Like a Flash, yeah. a Green Lantern, like the kinds that you would go out and buy, just the symbol right. and a color, like, like yeah, all the, the kind time. That you can get the kind that you can get at Target right now if you went yes. to Target. Um, I would like to state that it's only it's only appropriate that 
uh, and incoming bias and uh, get out your pitchforks and torches audience that the villain of Gotham City be included in all of this. <laughs> Batman. Oh, um, you're going to be so pleased about some things that happen a little bit later on. Um, thank you, thank you. <laughs> because what this comic teaches you is that Batman kills babies. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even surprise me, but continue on. <laughs> I, I, I. Oh, just God, to keep you all, cool. just to keep you all listening, there is a point where we will explain <laughs> what that how means. Batman kills babies. <laughs> so, so Scott climbs into this barrel on the train tracks, and the barrel gets hit by a train. Um, again, we don't see him escape. We just assume he does. Um, there's, you know, the story continues after that, but we don't see him get out of the barrel. He just gets in the, in the barrel and gets hit by a train. Um, so we flash back to the, uh, the condo and everybody's in their, in their superhero gear and whatnot. And <laughs> Bart is there with a veggie tray. Um, it is exactly like the kind of veggie tray you can get at the, at the and local Ivy. Aldi's. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not a metaphor. It is really a veggie tray. Uh, veggie trays are also very important in the story. Um, <laughs> so everybody kind of, kind of crams in for this little trial. Um, and, uh, Crams into their condo. They're into not their having condo. it. Yeah, they're having it in their living room in their condo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Light Ray at one point complains that the sofa is inadequate. Uh, and Bart replies, shut the fuck up, Light Ray, which is also a recurring phrase in this uh, series. Because um, Light Ray is pretty fucking obnoxious. Um, and uh, so Orion begins uh, by saying, and I'm going to read some of this verbatim because it is very important. Um, it's important to clarify at this point that though we are gods, even gods are bound by the laws of the source. Do you not agree, General? And Scott replies, we're all bound by something. Um, and Orion agrees. Uh, and so he says, you know, according to the laws, uh, the source dictate that in the trial of a god, the high father is responsible for uh, appointing the accuser, the defender, and the judge. And given these laws, I appoint myself to the positions of accuser, defender, and judge. Um, this is a dick move. Um, so the trial begins. But before it begins, Scott notifies everyone that he's going to get a carrot. <laughs> just dips it in the ranch. Just dips it in the ranch and is obnoxiously crunching on this carrot while this begins. Like, he could not give less of a fuck. Um, and Orion notes that as we're aware, Darkseid has acquired the anti-life equation. We were able to hold off his armies, but the war continues. And I would suggest at this point that the war continues in our own minds, in the minds of our own gods, to which Barter replies, Jesus, Orion, what is wrong with you? Um, and Orion is pissed about being interrupted and is like, Hey, look, I can ask you to leave if, if you don't want to be here. Um, but she of course decides to stay. Um, he then, uh, poses to Scott a series of true or false questions, uh, letting him know that if Darkseid is manipulating Scott through the anti-life equation, um, it, he will be able to determine that because the statements that are true to Scott would be in fact false. Um, he is not to answer with his beliefs or with his doubts. He can't say, I don't know. He can't say it depends. Um, he Scott is what he is what he believes to be true or false. Um, so this is it's an interesting little loop. It's an interesting little ride that we're going to go on um, to begin. 
we confess that you believe Darkseid had infected you with the anti-life equation, true or false? And Scott replies, true. Uh, you then accuse the High Father of being similarly infected, true or false? And Scott replies, true. The High Father is an agent of Darkseid, true or false? Scott replies, I don't know. And Orion's like, you got to basically, you got to answer true or false. You cannot say, I don't know. Um, you know what you believe. Is this true or is this false? And Scott reluctantly agrees that, yes, he thinks that's true. Um, the High Father is an agent of Darkseid. And Scott replies, maybe, maybe true, I, I guess. Uh, you know, um, the High Father is an agent of Darkseid. And finally, he replies, true. Uh, Orion then asks Scott if he is an agent of Darkseid, um, to which uh, he is in Orion. Is Orion an agent of Darkseid? And uh, Scott replies, true. Orion then asks Scott if he, Scott, is an agent of Darkseid. And Scott replies, false. So then Orion posits to him that an agent of Darkseid would deny that he was an agent of Darkseid, true or false. And Scott is like, well, yeah, true. Um, an agent of Darkseid would also accuse the High Father of being an agent of Darkseid, true or false. And Scott replies, true. Orion then says, well, you've said both of these things today you know you've, you've made both of these statements today is that is that true or false and scott says true um orion then asks an agent of dark side would not necessarily know he was an agent of dark side true or false scott replies true orion then says therefore you could be an agent of dark side true or false and scott replies true you killed granny goodness true or false scott replies false and Big Barda killed Granny Goodness when you defied, when Scott defied my orders, true or false? And Scott said, true. Um, you saw Light Ray kill Forager here in this room, true. Forager deserved to die, true or false? And he said, I don't know. Um, before Scott can answer this question, as Orion is, is yelling at him to basically, I don't care about what you believe, is this true or false? The doorbell rings. So Barda gets up, says, one second, that's the door. And there's a pause in the panels, basically, while they're waiting for her to come back. She comes back with the delivery of the Amazon package that Scott had been waiting for. And it's like, oh, your package is here. I think it's a microphone. It's a microphone for your machine. <laughs> for your machine. Um, and so Scott asks Orion if this is a trap. And Orion does, gives him a complete non-answer. Where basically Orion is like, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a high father. You have to address me that way. Uh, and Scott is like, hey, look, I escape from traps. This is what I do. Um, Orion lets him know that everything's a trap. We are all bound. Remember what you said. We're all bound to something. And Orion addresses him as Scott. And Scott points out that that's not his name. And his name's not Mr. Miracle either. Um, you know, his name basically was given to him uh by granny goodness his real father didn't give him his name and he never actually asked if his dad ever gave him a name um but he didn't at least as far as we know orion points out that he must hate his father or our father uh the high father um and there's a series of questions you know you hate me you hate new genesis you hate apocalypse you hate your career you hate your childhood you hate your life you hate yourself you hate god all of that is true. And Orion asks him if all, you know, all he feels is hate. And Scott says that it's true. Um, essentially, hate is, is, is what 
Scott is is living off of right now. Um, hate made him kill him, attempt to kill himself. Um, the anti-life equation is hate. And Scott says true. And then Orion asks, you are the anti-life equation, true or false? And Scott can't answer. Scott actually just freaks out. Um, he freaks out, starts screaming, and punches Orion right in the face. He essentially has a panic attack. Um, and Barter comes in to comfort him. Uh, Orion has been knocked to the ground. His helmet's been knocked off. Um, and he's like, geez, dude. <laughs> and Go, goes and gets a carrot. Goes and gets a carrot and just munches on this carrot, gets it in some ranch. And then after, com- after completing the carrot, uh, tells, uh, tells Scott that he's guilty. Um, he's been judged guilty. And uh, he acknowledges that he can't contain Mr. Miracle, who can escape from from anything. Um, so he's got to report to uh, New Genesis in three days, and then he will be summarily executed. Um, this is the end of that issue. And the next issue is probably one of the, I think it's probably my favorite in the entire series. It's about Scott's last three days. Um, him and Barda travel around um they meet up with funky Flashman, <laughs> who randomly um, yells excelsior like at the yes. end of things like yes. they'll say something it's... dumb and then just be like excelsior yeah <laughs> um and uh <laughs> so funky Flashman's kind of answer to this is that um you know if you're gonna fight dark side you need everybody to like you um, you know, so we gotta, we gotta like up your PR and whatnot. Um, but the angle that we're going to take is that, uh, you're on the record saying that you tried to escape death. So we're just going to play this off like another suicide attempt. And we're going to, we're going to lean into that. And, um, and this time nobody will save you. <laughs> that way you get executed and everybody wins. Um, Funky Flashman is not helpful. <laughs> and then I'm going to steal your ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there is a brief sex scene that I won't get into. Um, it, um, well, it's not really brief. It's actually, it's not brief. Let's be kind Um, of Scott. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the important, the important parts that you need to note here is the beginning of the sex scene. And again, this is in nine panels. So nothing changes during the entire, uh, run of this in the layout or anything like that. Uh, it's nine panels of Scott being tied up in bed completely nude in a um christ-like figure um he very much looks like your standard image of jesus on the cross except he's not on the cross he's in bed uh barda is uh in some fetish gear um and he does remind her and this is an the only reason i'm even bothering to mention this part at all is that he's the one that's tied up and so he reminds her that he can always escape um, but this really kind of exemplifies the level of, of trust they have for one another. Um, of course he can always get out, you know, of course he can. Um, but that's not what this is about. You know what I mean? Um, so they have intercourse, uh, intercourse is had, um, <laughs> they, uh, they visit the grave of, uh, of Oberon, um, who of course had passed away in fact, um, and um they seem to be I, as far as i can tell they seem to be in like la uh because the traffic is terrible they are in los angeles yeah <laughs> they, they, they specifically they, talk about the 101 the 10 yeah 
Okay. You've actually been to LA. So that, that was, that, that's, uh, that's helpful. Um, <laughs> I just, I assumed from the traffic and the general palm trees of the area. Yeah. Um, so they're in traffic. Uh, they're trying to get to downtown. And uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of comedic moments uh, in this particular issue, but um, they're sitting in traffic and Scott asked Barta if they have a song um, and, and they could, you know, like if, if, if we do have a song, I could ask the mother box to play it. We could have like a moment. Um, and Barta reminds him that they met in the pits. Uh, they don't have a song. Uh, there was no music playing. It was all around them was the no, the, the, the moans of the damned. Um, and so Scott, smart ass that he is, asked the mother box to play the moans of the damned. And the mother box is like, well, can you please specify which damned, which damned. <laughs> and, uh, so he's like, yeah, you know, the pit about 10 years back. And of course, then in the car, instead of music, it's just like a lot of, oh, no, oh, God, why? Ah. And they're laughing. They're laughing. Like, this is a funny moment for them. Um, so this this is, a, a again, a comedic beat, but it also kind of exemplifies, like, when you had a fucked up childhood, um, the stuff that's normal or even kind of amusing to you is horrifying to other people sometimes. And that's one of the things like, what, how is that normal? You know, like, how is that a moment that you can sit in the car and listen to the screams of the damned and just giggle about it? You know, um, like, that's right. That's, that's what it sounded like when we first met, ha ha, you know? Um, so they're at a diner, um, they're getting some sandwiches and, uh, they're just walking around spending time. They go to, you know, they, they, they go to a little lagoon uh, area and, you know, Scott remarks about how beautiful it is. They go to a fair um, and Scott wins Barda, a, uh, a wonder woman doll, um, which is kind of hilarious. It's like one of those chibi dolls with the oversized head, you know, um, you know, they, they spend their night on the beach. Um, Doesn't really win it for her. Well, <laughs> he sucks at at the throwing the ball at the cans, and so finally, uh, does basically a FaceTime with the dude running the the stand's girlfriend, uh, <laughs> to basically like be like, "Hey, I'm Miracle Man. And this guy loves you." <laughs> like, yeah. And then the guy's like, "Here's a giant doll." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and you know, and they 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 go to the beach outside of the the boardwalk and and they're, they're having a very philosophical discussion um at this point about about god um and kind of how how god exists and um and and the world is a part of god and this is something actually that I think JR, you would probably be better at uh, reading and understanding than I. Uh, I am not a theologian in any way, shape, or form. Um, but basically, the summation is is that without God, He wouldn't exist. And if He exists, then God exists. Um, we look to ourselves to see our own face, and we find the face of God. Um, again, some really, really important arc words there. Um, Meanwhile, they're sitting, they're back sitting in traffic, returning home. And, uh, <laughs> the one thing that's, that's notable about this particular traffic jam is Barta asks him, if you can escape anything, then escape this. <laughs> and of course, you know, he can't. They, they He's like, yeah, it's, it's LA traffic. There is no escape. <laughs> um, and so they, they go up to an overlook to, uh, they, they wanted to like look at the stars. Uh, but of course there's so much light pollution. 
they they really don't see anything. So they're like, eh, you know, we should probably go home. Um, they get back to their condo. Oh my god, um, I'm sorry. One of my favorite lines in this is that he's like, <laughs> I wanted to look at the stars and I just wanted things to make sense. You know, I wanted I wanted an answer. Uh, and she's like, well, you could look down at the valley. And he's like, no one has answers looking at the valley. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I figured that that would probably be more uh, more meaningful to you, Josh. Tom King spent <laughs> a lot of time in Los Angeles. I'm just saying a lot of this spoke directly to me. <laughs> he has the hate of someone that actually lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, Josh will get this. Um, <laughs> I prefer Northern California myself. I do too. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they go back home. Uh, they make love again. Um, and now it's, it's, it's time. Um, Funky Flashman is there letting Scott know that he's going to have a huge press conference before he goes to his execution. <laughs> um, and uh Barta starts Barta comes in, she's completely nude, by the by, um, and just starts whooping the hell out of the security that has arrived with Funky Flashman. She also goes upside the head of Flashman as well. Um, but they yeah, she 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 takes him out um and then takes them down to what appears to be the basement of the condo, the like trash um not compactor, what is the word? I'm totally dysnomic now. What is the name of that uh thing? Incinerator, thank you. Yes. Um and <laughs> incinerates the bodies of the of the security. Um and they head over to uh to to uh New Genesis. Um at this point, I need you to understand that there are two things, separate things happening uh during a lot of this. What's happening is is that I'm gonna tell you about the conversation that they're having as they're going through and what they're doing is they are, they're going through and they are fighting people, um, you know, dodging lasers and, um, you know, punching the crap out of people and whatnot and, and breaking in and crawling through tubes and whatnot. Um, but they're talking as they're doing this, they're having a perfectly normal conversation about, um, some home renovations that they'd like to do. So you got to kind of picture that they are fighting people <laughs> as this home renovation conversation is going on. Um, Barta wants to reduce the size of the kitchen. Barta wants to reduce the size of the living room. Uh, Barta wants to make a second bathroom. Barta wants to get rid of the closet. Um, Barta is, uh, basically, you know, letting, <laughs> they're having this conversation about like all the stuff that's in their house. We don't need this much stuff. We can really just kind of consolidate the space. We'll knock down this one wall, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of some of this extra stuff and, and whatever, you know, and meanwhile, um, <laughs> there's like warnings, uh, that are going off, like warning acid gas will now melt you warning, uh, the, uh, a tide dragon will now consume you warning, um, et cetera. And as they're going through and talking about their renovations, you know, like my, my closet, this, and I don't need that. Um, you know, the, the closet's gone, uh, you know, and then what happens where, you know, what, what happens with the closet becomes a room with the part from the kitchen. We'll make it a bathroom. Um, and it's John Wick meets, meets HDTV. Yeah. Much. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and you know it'll be it'll be a little smaller but it'll be cozy um and so as they're fighting they are also and and they're also kind of having this discussion about home renovations they're also talking about how what happened in their childhood affects them differently even though they were raised by the same people in the same place um you know what granny goodness did to them uh and how it kind of affected them as adults um you know he points scott points out that uh you know he lived in a, a three by three box when he was in in apocalypse and that he you know learned that he liked having space because he didn't like not having space by living in the box um you know all the all the bad stuff that happens to you when you're a kid it's a warning uh which isn't the same as being captured by it um and that's also kind of reinforced by the fact that as they're going through this area they're getting these automated these robotic warning you are not allowed to be here warning nothing can cross the forever void um so they're having two separate conversations at once while also fighting so this is it's a lot um scott lets barda know that it haunts him his childhood haunts him and he doesn't know why it doesn't haunt her and granny had told scott that she loved him and Barda's like, well, you believed her? Um, and Scott replies, you know, my father, who is God, had just given me away to the devil. What do I know? What did I know about believing? And she replies that, you know, you thought it was all love because your father, who is God, showed you, basically showed you to expect love. Uh, but for her, she was always in the pit. There was no God or father. She didn't expect anything. And Granny's words were just more noises among the screams. You don't believe noise. I have a um, question. Yes. An emergency break question, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> he says that uh, his father is God. Yeah. Right. Are we going to go back to the you were not supposed to know the face of God experience at this point? Or is that not related? Although I feel that like is... nothing is not related in this. <laughs> right. It's, it's every, yeah. Everything, every little bit is somehow adding or will become relevant later. And the God talk is a lot because a lot of people refer to as God. There's God, like the concept of God that is discussed. There is the old gods, which are the people that died. And then the new gods were formed along with whole planets. Dark side is God. The high father is a God. And then there's the new gods, which is everybody that's underneath them. So I believe it is to be vague on purpose until... It is not <laughs> until yeah. it is very specifically called out in in the comic. Okay, I just yeah, to, I yeah. there's there's now this my father who is God, and then all right, right, yeah. yes, and then the I'm the, the voice of the <laughs> literal angelic voice of God. So I'm I'm glad that we have the theologian here to help us puzzle this out. <laughs> I don't know how um, much of a how how much <laughs> good job I'll be doing on that. But he's, the, he's a theologian from for a religion that has one well one or three gods depending on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you do you want do you want me to do like a lot of Trinitarian theology for you right now? I feel like that would take us some um, and be a little bit off subject. But I mean, I'm more than willing to like as Athanasius says um, about the whole entire experience. This is now a four part episode. <laughs> we let him do things and now we regret it 
Coming soon to Graphically Novel, the new show. God damn it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. It's the whole a whole series of we brought our friend the theologian in to talk about this comic book that involves the gods. Let's have a conversation. Um, but that would la- allow us to talk about Wicked in the Divine. All right. So let's continue. <laughs> Moving on. So uh, there's there after this this conversation uh, that I just recounted, it's it's kind of quiet for several panels uh, as they're kind of crossing this tightrope to you know together. Uh, Barda is is using she's basically uh, she's she's um, holding on and going hand, hand over hand, and Scott is above her like walking a tightrope, um, and it's, it's pretty quiet. They're they're passing through, and so Scott just picks the conversation back up and says, "So half a living room." And Barda's like, yeah, it'll work. And Scott asks, well, okay, well, what's what's the other half? And and Barda mentions that she wants a bedroom there. Um, they go on this this tan- this tangent for a while, like, okay, well, why, you know, what bedroom? Wait, which bedroom is ours? What's the other bedroom for? Like, we have a blow up mattress for guests. Like, why do we need another? Bedroom? It's the most dude reaction ever, too. It's like, yeah, blow up mattress <laughs> in the lab, right? <laughs> um, and then Scott finally catches on a little bit and is like wait who's gonna be in the new bedroom and th- this conversation pauses briefly for them to fight Lightbringer and she knocks him out and um just after she knocks Lightbringer out she's like Scott so uh I'm pregnant um and Scott is actually thrilled by this news um but it's just so abrupt in the middle of the fight scene um and they finally arrive at, at the at the High Father throne at Orion's throne. Um, and Barda's like, you just got to talk to him. You know, he's your brother. Um, you know, if he's, if, you know, and Scott's like, well, he's not really my brother and he doesn't talk. Um, but she encourages him to make an attempt. And if he doesn't, you know, if he's, if he, if he doesn't comply, if he, did, if he doesn't want to talk to them, then just, you know, cut his fucking dick off. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> And, and, and there's a, there's a brief pause and Scott is like, Hey, you know what? Um, I'll clear out those, those boxes in the, in the empty room when I get back. And she's like, okay, okay, that sounds good. Um, he's expecting to come back from his life. He can escape anything. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I reached the point where I'm like, pride goeth before a fall there, good old Scott. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, I could be wrong. They go into uh, the throne room and um, while they are there, um, Scott gets his first glimpse of Darkseid and Darkseid says, Darkseid does not do, Darkseid is. Because uh, Orion's dead. Darkseid has entered and killed Orion and Scott says, what did you do? Yeah. Um, So Orion is dead. Darkseid has killed him. Darkseid, I need to also point out, again uh is barely visible in this panel like you can mainly see the glowing red of his eyes um and it's kind of glitchy um there's a lot of glitch work in these panels um and uh barda enters a second later and uh, scott asked scott what happened and he said i you know i saw it i saw the face of god i wasn't looking but there was i saw the face of god you must not look into the face of God, Scott Free. So at this point, so this is issue number, I think, seven. Um, I, have a, I, I, have a, I have another question. Yes. 
All right. Um, I'm going to go Hebrew Bible here for a second. Um, the, the Hebrew ultimate name of God, which cannot be pronounced. Yes. Roughly translates, which cannot be translated, but roughly translates. <laughs> oh, good. Um, to this I am what I, like I am. <laughs> right. Yes. Correct. Right. I am what I am. Like dark side doesn't do dark side is very similar. Right. Yes. That is Confirmed. the whole dark side yeah. is Popeye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Okay. I Scott the anti life equation. Okay. That's all right. I'm going to. So thank you very much for. <laughs> this has been Red conversations. conversations. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so a fun bit of trivia. We are now, as, as Josh said, about halfway through of the book. Um, when I was reading this originally, I was reading it in single issues. I did not read it in a trade. And there was a massive, massive delay between that episode that, or that uh, issue that we just finished and this issue. Um, the clever explanation for this and how it plays out is absolutely brilliant um, because there was a delay of roughly eight months between the issues so when we open up on this issue scott is driving barter to the hospital and she is in labor (laughs) um and um they are they're there she's she's ready to have the baby um she you know they they get her into the the hospital um you know this is the this is the first um what they call the new genesis this is the first new genesis to be born on earth um the, Another the, question. I'm so sorry. Yes. Apologies all around. Um, rolling back a bit. So Darkseid kills Orion. We have that whole philosophical thing that I just talked about. And Scott just leaves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, right. in fact, and in fact, we're about to find out is the new leader, the new High Father. Yes. Yeah. He is now the new High Father of New Genesis. All right. So, um, all right. Good times. Things have happened. All right. Yes. Things have, happened. Things, things have happened. things have happened off panel. <laughs> okay. Cool. The also because, see also frame because 14. of the delay. Um, yep. so... Refer to Amazing Spider-Man number three. <laughs> so um, the baby is being born. They still can't figure out a name for it, um, they, and they're also quite not quite sure what to do. Because Barda is, I mean, yes, she's a, uh, she's, she's a woman, but also she is not entirely human. So like, they're not quite sure, like, how to handle this exactly. Um, but the hospital staff are being as, as, uh, as low key about it as they can. Um, <clears throat> too low they're key. Still trying, yeah, a little too low key. Um, they are, they're still trying to work on a name for, for this kid. We do find out that, uh, that it's born, you know, that it's a boy, but, um, they, they still haven't quite figured it out. Um, they go through a, a litany of kind of ridiculous names that would have really sounded a lot better as like D and D characters or, uh, or, or LARP characters, you know, like Axe Blow and Thunder Rake and Ice Dragon. Like that. Um, what's that? Ice Dragon. Ice Dragon. Yeah. I, I always have to bring up Ice Dragon, <laughs> the worst LARP name I ever heard. In the waiting area of the hospital, kind of kind of hilariously, um, are a couple of, of the Furies. And the Furies are uh, not what you immediately think of when you think of like the classical mythos of the Furies, but the Furies are a part of, um, like Big Barda is a Fury. 
yes. is basically her um her sisters uh, for lack of a better sisters term. Sisters for yeah, lack of a better term. Uh they're all weird looking. One of them looks like she's in like weird bondage gear. The other one is like uh looks like a weird motorcyclist from hell. There's somebody else with just like matted gross hair, like green hair. They're all kind of ugly. Um not super important to the story, but they do give Scott something very, very important. Um, it's called the Farron knife and the Farron knife kills gods um, because Barda is not human. Um, she, her skin cannot be cut by like mortal instruments, basically. Um, and it will essentially, they give it to him essentially to aid uh, the birth if necessary. Um, the Farron knife was for is forged from dark side's own flesh um just to give you a, a idea of how powerful it is um and uh they the, the furies let him know that that one day they'll use it to kill him but for now he can borrow it you know to assist with the birth basically <laughs> um everyone in this book by the by is very cavalier about like i'll kill you later but first let's get some lunch um is kind of the attitude a lot of the time so uh <laughs> this will come up a lot as we go as we go through um so barda gives birth uh, or barda is in the process of giving birth um when uh she reminds scott about a uh instrument called jacob's ladder um which is the only way out of the pit uh the ex pit of the of apocalypse um and so uh she she tells him that you know the, the the baby book basically uh you know said you know while you're giving birth you're supposed to think of something calm um and she always thinks of jacob's ladder because that is how that is how scott escaped apocalypse is by using jacob's ladder to climb out of apocalypse um and she tells him about how he always she always used to watch him um you know attempting to escape out out of granny's reach and try trying to leave apocalypse and um you know that that uh, he he tried to escape on the ladder, and all the furies were chasing him. And he would look back down at them and wave and smile and bow and say, "I can always escape." Um, and they they pull him back down into apocalypse. That is eventually how he managed to get out was through Jacob's ladder. Um, there is a birth scene that I don't feel the need to describe. Um, if you had uh, junior high sex ed, you've probably already seen this video um <clears throat> at least in the state of illinois um and so uh the baby is born um but the baby has uh the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck it is choking to death and the doctors try to cut it but of course they can't because farta isn't mortal etc so he uses the um the ferron knife to cut the umbilical cord and the baby is born and fine um they he returns the knife to the Furies and they decide to name their child the grandson of Darkseid, the son of the High Father, the first child born of Apocalypse and New Genesis, Jacob, after Jacob's ladder. Um so Scott and Barter now have a child. Um they decide to essentially so the, the back half of this book kind of deals with like their parenting while also being generals in this this, you know global war etc um and every other day one of them goes to the battlefield and the other one stays home to take care of jacob um funky flashman is also their nanny which is yes. pretty hilarious um 
<laughs> so, um, so there's some fighting. And just like before, um, during the scene where they are, you know, talking about house renovations and while also like, you know, dodging lasers and kicking ass, um, there's, there's some scenes of them, you know, talking via essentially the, the mother box about like, oh, you know, we, you know, the baby's down for his nap, you know, he's, you know, we got to figure out a better way to get him to sleep, you know, <laughs> as there's like fighting and stuff going on. Um, and, uh. So this is also interesting, too, because now it kind of uh, one of the themes that emerges is like if you if you experience a lot of childhood trauma and then you have a child yourself, um, the kind of fears that you have about, you know, will I fuck my kid up the way I was fucked up? You know, will I you know, how what can I do to prevent my kid from turning out like me or having a childhood like mine? Um, and this is going to recur a lot, too. Um, Funky Flashman has given Jacob a small stuffed Batman toy and the small stuffed Batman toy is in the crib uh, and, <laughs> and Scott yells at him for putting this toy in the crib. You you can't put things in the crib when they're this little. They have studies about infant death syndrome and, you know, <clears throat> it can kill them if they've got, you know, toys and, and stuff in the crib, pillows, whatever. Um, and Funky Flashman insists that everyone had a Batman and Batman doesn't kill babies <laughs> And Scott, Scott yells. Yes, indeed, Batman kills babies. They have studies. <laughs> I appreciate that. Continue. <laughs> this for those of you just joining the just joining this podcast, uh, first of all, why did you start an hour and some and in? So, yeah, but you know, for those of you just joining, um, I have a uh, deep and abiding resentment. Uh, towards batman for various and sundry reasons some of his comics are good i'll admit this but i have this like <laughs> deep why why are you daddy issues man doing all of this with your billions of dollars and not i don't know affecting actual change and going to therapy so there you have it continuing back to the story <laughs> so um kind of the condensed version of of a lot of this is basically like i said like they're they're parenting this child while they're also fighting this war. And, um, you know, Bart is talking about, you know, Jacob's first laugh and, um, you know, and also what are we going to do about this battle? And, you know, um, meanwhile, uh, there's a lot of scenes where, where Jacob is, you know, holding the little stuff, Batman, like, you know, shoving it into his mouth and stuff like that, you know, and meeting with other parents in the park and, and, and talking about how, you know, it's, it's, it's so tough to leave the kid, you know, even though they've got a nanny, like they, you know, him and his wife were <clears throat> raised in these uh, kind of lonely uh, households. Like he doesn't detail exactly what happened to this, this poor woman in the park um, that's just treating him like a normal guy. Um, but, you know, oh, you know, we, we kind of were raised alone and, and it's real tough to leave him as a result. Like we don't want to leave, um, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, doctor's appointments for the kid and stuff like that, you know, um, <laughs> and, um, so they go through and there's a lot of, there's, there's battling, there's, um, child rearing moments, um, you know, while they're talking about this, this war and, you know, funky flash bands trying to give the, the kid, uh, you know, baby food and whatnot. Um, you know, Jacob takes his first steps. So it's kind of like, um, 
it, it flashes back and forth between the war moments and the child rearing moments and the, you know, the first steps, the first words, the, you know, whatever. And there's a point at one point where um, Scott kind of falls on the battlefield and, and he's not dead, but he just kind of collapses and very clearly wants to give up. Um, like is just kind of on his hands and knees, head down. And the only thing that really brings him back to, to, his, to his feet again is um, a, a call basically from, from Barda about how every time uh, Jacob sees a picture of him, he says Dada. Um, and then he, Scott gets up and starts moving again. Like the only thing at this point that is really motivating him is the fact that, you know, he has a, he has a wife, he has a child um and giving up maybe isn't an option anymore maybe he wants to live um because that's his life now that's his reason to go on is is this kid um so we get into at this point that concludes uh that issue and and uh the next issue um sees them at the heart of apocalypse and they are uh, kind of, you know, going through um, the heart of apocalypse. And there's a lot of exposition at this point um, about masters, apprentices, art. Um, he is talking to somebody um, <laughs> who looks kind of like um, very Elizabethan in dress. Uh, he, I don't think he's ever addressed by name, um, but uh, you know, who's like, oh, you know, come come with me i'm gonna take you in here um yeah he's a random he's a random apocalypse guy isn't he just random apocalypse guy um (laughs) i said yorick yorick (laughs) that's a different that's a different series entirely um um, but he he tells uh he tells them a story about uh that that he had a, a thing with leonardo da vinci back in the day um and uh you know they 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 used to uh you know do it and um so da vinci tells him this story about uh an apprentice who thinks he's better than his master challenges his master to a contest uh it takes a whole year to fit for them to finish the paintings and when they unveil them uh the apprentice uh has a a picture after a year of work has only painted a picture of about maybe six or less grapes on a plate um and the audience is like what the fuck is this and uh the apprentice looks up at the sky just cool and collected calm as a cucumber and uh looks at some birds who fly out of the sky towards the picture and start pecking at the picture uh trying to eat the grapes because they look so realistic and so perfect um that to the birds it's not art it's just what is um and and what is better than what is um and the apprentice is bowing and smiling pointing at the birds uh you know he he knows that he won and he says you know that not that there's a need but let's see what's behind the master's curtain and the master says what curtain so that's also a important thing to hold in your mind here as we go forward um so on day two they're they're going through uh war negotiations basically um and they're not super important um it's just basically it's the it's the the bureaucracy of war basically um 
it's you know well 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 you know if, if we had this much this this many days and these many troops and blah 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 um day three uh is a brief interlude between scott and barda um and barda is drinking something called bone wine um that they were uh they were given as as children in apocalypse um it is essentially fermented bone marrow of captured gods that has been brewed into a beverage um and they were delivered uh this beverage was uh, a certain amount had to be delivered to dark side on the reg um and uh apparently it's delicious according to them um this is an, an important thing that seems like it's an aside but it actually does play into the larger plot so do do remember that this bone wine thing is a thing um day four we are back to more uh bureaucracy of war um it's not again not really super important to the overarching plot it's um just kind of illustrating that like war isn't just battles it's a lot of um red tape numbers um whatever and um there's going to be you know a commission that's you know going to find some uh, data and whatnot um and we cut over again to scott who is having a panic attack for lack of a better term he is shivering his teeth are chattering um and barda is there but barda is pretty chill she's essentially dicking around uh in a notebook and is like hey you know you're you're fine oh gosh I, you know do you smell that oh my god i can't believe they're burning the dead again at this time of night like very casual um on day five um scott is given what's called the mirror of goodness um it is something that granny goodness it's an artifact that granny goodness used to have um apparently when they were children granny goodness would also give them corrective surgeries and skin grafts and laser removals etc to uh, make them look a certain way and she would make them look into this mirror and tell them on the outside you're beautiful and on the inside you're mine um so again talk about some really fucked up abuse um and scott undresses in front of the mirror and looks at himself in the mirror and he and Barda, who eventually, you know, joins him, they look horrible. They look like rotting corpses. Um, they are not, uh, they are not pretty to look at. Um, and it's implied that this mirror basically shows you the opposite of how you are. Um, day six, um, we are meeting up with, uh, Lightburner and, uh, a couple other members of, of the council, various furies and random apocalypse people. Um, and the guy who told him the story about Da Vinci, uh, tells him that he had made it up, um, that it was a complete lie. Uh, he tried to get with, with Da Vinci, but Da Vinci wasn't having him, uh, cause he had a boyfriend. And Scott's like, why did you lie to me? And he's like, I don't know. You, you know, you take a piss with the son of God. You got to say something, even if it ain't true. So day seven is even more diplomacy um and and war bureaucracy um but he, on this day scott is told that they have come to a proposal um dark side is willing to withdraw all of his troops all of his uh his military forces and whatever um and then uh allow the new genesis folks to 
go to Apocalypse to inspect it. And finally, and most importantly, Darkseid will surrender the anti-life equation. Um, and Scott's like, that wasn't even on the table. Where did this come from? And he is informed by the messenger of Darkseid that uh, Darkseid only asked for one thing in return for all of this, to end the war entirely. Um, in order for uh, Darkseid to accept uh, this, uh, he wants custody of his only grandchild, Jacob Free, to be raised on Apocalypse as the one true heir to Darkseid. This does not go over well at all. Um, it, it is, it is, uh, as you would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no dialogue really on, on the, uh, on the panels, um, from Scott or Barda, but Barda is immediately enraged. Scott is stunned. Um, so that's where that episode, or episode, that's where that's, uh, <laughs> that's where that issue ends. And, um, so they go back home and, Scott goes out with uh, a couple members of uh, what looks to be the Justice League. Uh, I know Booster Gold is one of them. Booster Gold is one of them. I don't recognize the other one, but I only recognize Booster Gold because I fucking love Booster Gold. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty all right. He is um, he's a dude that came from the future to the past so he could be a superhero. That is his power. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So he goes out. And uh, it gets drunk with a, with a couple of these these dudes, um, you know, and he's he's having a tough time. He wants to stop the war, but he doesn't want to give up his son to do that, especially not to Darkseid, especially not to Apocalypse. He knows all too well what happens in Apocalypse, and he knows all too well what it's like to be raised as the son of Darkseid. Um, so he if he chooses this option. You know, this is this is kind of a, a trolley problem here. You know, sacrifice your only son in order to save millions. Um, so very, so very like <clears throat> New Testament biblical. Yes, yeah. yeah I thought I, I thought you would pick that up when yeah. uh, what I was putting down there. Well, you it's also the uh, it's also uh, you know interesting that and uh, you know I I know a little bit about DC um, that apocalypse the word in Koine Greek means. Uh, revelation, sudden revelation, um, pulling back the curtain. Uh, take that for what it's worth. God, I am so glad to have you here. <laughs> Most people think of apocalypse as being like in times, but that's that, that's not it. Apocalypse just means to reveal, and it's used often in that context. So I think it fits here. Oh my God, that was no. That's that's actually important in the context of the story. So I'm glad. Um, so. Um, <laughs> this this scene is not particularly notable because he just comes home drunk and you know crawls into bed with Barta. But it is important to note that they are preparing for Jake's first birthday, and um, <laughs> Barta's like, "Hey, we need to get a cake for Jake's birthday. He likes Batman. Maybe a Batman cake." And Scott drunkenly replies, "Batman? No way. Remember, Batman kills babies." <laughs> 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 Uh, the one thing this comic taught me batman killed baby yeah it's it's true it's true um but what happens next is important when he's in the shower yes yes um so uh barda is while he's showering uh barda is is talking to him about you know planning jacob's birthday party like you know maybe we'll just invite a couple of justice league people you know funky should probably be there 
Um, you know, we have to invite the Furies, even though, you know, it's like basically like her side of the family that doesn't get along with them, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, she says, you know, I, you're supposed to make it a celebration. You know, I read that you're supposed to make it a celebration, you know, for, for us, not for him. Um, because for us, it's been a whole year and he's alive and we're alive. We've made it. And that's kind of what a, a first birthday means. But as she is saying this, that again, with the nine panels, Scott slowly just kind of drops to the ground and curls up in a ball in the fetal position. Uh, he is completely in the fetal position by the time she says we've made it, uh, indicating that Scott is not, in fact, okay. Um, Scott goes to order the cake and... Uh, He's like, oh, you know, we've we've got this, you know, it's trying to figure out what day to order the cake on. Um, because Cause the birthday's on Sunday, but they have a thing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And the thing being the exchange with Darkseid. Um, but Bardo wants to have his birthday party on his birthday, but that's Sunday. And the exchange with Darkseid is supposed to take place on Friday. So, boy, I don't really know. Saturday. Time, or Saturday. Um, so finally, the the bored looking uh, woman at the uh, the jewel or wherever it is um, is like, okay, Friday at noon sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and he orders he orders Jacob a Batman cake, um, even though Batman kills babies. Even though Batman kills babies. Um, so it's evening time now, um, and Scott is just kind of sitting or laying on the couch, uh, and Barter comes in after having put Jacob to bed. Um, and is kind of talking about, you know, uh, you know, naps and sleep schedule, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Scott wants to talk about the war. Um, and he's like, we have to at least discuss it. Uh, Barda is not, does not want to hear this at all and, uh, just hauls off and shatters. There's a picture above the couch. Um, the picture is of the cover of the first issue of Mr. Miracle. Um, like, it is it is not just a, a picture it is literally the cover of mr miracle um and barda punches basically punches the wall so hard it shatters the glass of the 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 picture waking up jacob and leaving scott on the couch by himself um barda does not want to talk about this at all and um so scott is sitting in traffic again um and is re requesting a review of uh uh, something called the ablazed oracle um and uh i will i will read this part verbatim um because he's trying to get basically information uh from them but they, they haven't completed the request yet essentially and uh it's because uh the interpretation of the ablazed oracle takes some time it is basically trying to read the face of god um and and so the the uh Oracle tells him that uh, it appears that all will be lost and all will suffer. Um, Scott then goes into uh, a party city. <laughs> yep. And in one of the more, I mean, like, this is just such a fucking mood, these two pages, where he's buying, like, birthday party supplies, like, Batman-themed birthday party supplies for Jacob's birthday. And um, the guy's trying to get him to get a, a rewards card. And uh, Scott's like, you know, there's this war. I'm losing. Billions are going to die. Like, I can totally stop it. But I got to surrender my only son. Like, what should I do? And to the clerk. <laughs> to the who's clerk. like, who's like, that's rough, clerk. man. Who's ripping him up? Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, buddy, that sucks. 
Um, you know, but, but maybe, you know, maybe the whole point of it all is to, to maximize the, the you know, happiness for the most people. <laughs> you get philosophy 101, like from this from the random clerk. clerk. Like, you know, maybe the, 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 the whole point of it all is to maximize the happiness for the most people, you know, just a deep, meaningful bliss. It's almost math or an equation. <laughs> That a life equation life yeah. should be a life equation or something um and uh you know so if it increases happiness for most people to end the war then then go for it you know if the happiness you lose for the kid is less than all those people not dying then you know just do what you got to do it sucks i guess that's you know that's life man but um do you have a rewards membership <laughs> and um <laughs> it's just it's just such a mood because he's just like, yeah, random clerk, what should I do? And he's like, oh, man, you know, that's tough. But like, that's the trolley problem for you. Yep. Um, and at the end, you probably should really get a rewards membership. It's practically money. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Scott and Bart are are, are talking at, at the playground. Uh, Jacob's in a swing. And um, they're talking about their childhood again. And it's like, Hey, you know, you were, Scott's like, well, you know, you were raised on apocalypse and, and I was raised there, you know, we're happy now, aren't we? Um, we're doing good. And Barta points out that they were, they were prisoners. They were tortured. Um, they weren't happy. They, they didn't have a good childhood. Um, and Scott's like, yeah, but you know, you know, I, I came, it came out. Okay. Like it turned out fine. You know, we're, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing well, aren't we? Um, and this pisses Barta off. And this, this is a brutal conversation. Um, just absolutely fucking brutal. Um, you know, because Barta's response is, you know, oh, we're, if we're doing so well, then why did I have to find you bleeding out next to the toilet? Um, and Scott replies that, you know, that that's not fair that he's trying. Um, you know, he was in a bad place. Um, you know, he just had to escape and Barta is like, yeah, well, what, you know, what did I have to do? Um, you know, I had to pick you up off the floor. I had to, uh, you know, cry with the strangers in the emergency room. You know, I, I had to make shit work. Um, and while you were, you know, too, too self-absorbed to do anything, like, when do I get to escape Scott? When do I get to escape this shit? Um, you know, what were, what were you escaping from? Was it me? Were you willing to die to get away from me? Um, you know, I should, I shouldn't be with you because of that. And instead, all I do is take care of you. You know, you're a, you're a selfish bastard. Did you ever, have you ever thought of anybody else but yourself in this, in this entire time? Um, and, you know, Scott is kind of bewildered by this. And he's like, I'm not trying to hurt anything, but, you know, you're willing. And she, she lets him have it. You know, you're like, you're willing to give our kid over to dark side and to be raised in apocalypse so you can win some fucking war. Um, you know, you want to, you want to do the exact same thing to this kid that we had to deal with when we were kids. And, you know, Scott's like, well, we got through it, you know, and, and she's like, no, we didn't. We didn't. We we, we are the products it. of this place. We are it. Um, and and he and he isn't. Jacob isn't. And I don't want him to be part of that. Um, so it's it's rough. Like it's really fucking rough. Um, meanwhile, we cut over to uh, to Scott and Funky Flashman decorating for the party, um, and. This is not super important, but um, it is notable that uh, Funky Flashman tells Scott about how uh, he, he's he's got this really good he's got this really good story about a star eating god and you know a dog that helps him find stars, a golden retriever. Um, you know, me and Jacob came up with it together. Uh, 
genius. Jake doesn't have to talk. I talk plenty. He provides all the imagination. I do the words. This is a is summation of the uh, Stanley and Kirby, Jack Kirby relationship right there. Yep. Um, it is, it, it is incredibly uh, on the nose. Um, so uh, funky, funky Flashman yells Excelsior and, uh, <laughs> and, and that's, that's about it. That on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Barda and and uh, Scott are, are hanging out on the couch together, and uh, Scott tells her that he's thought about it, um, and Darkseid is going to win. He's got too many troops. Um, you know, even if they fight him, it'll take time, but eventually they'll all, all die. So he is going to bring Jacob to him, but when the time comes, instead of giving him the kid, he's just going to kill his father. Um, Granny said that there's the prophecy. Maybe he can fulfill it. Maybe he is the son of Darkseid. Um, and then after that's done, they can have the birthday party. <laughs> and, and Barda's like, you know, uh, sounds good. Uh, I'll, I'll come too. Um, and uh, they decide to go ahead and make love again. Um, this issue actually does close on, again, one of the panels of uh, the, just the all black panels that say Darkseid is. Um, and this is how the next so can episode Can you kill begins. something that is? That's a great question, and we will uh, we will find out, or maybe we won't. Um, <laughs> maybe yes, maybe we don't know. Who are Dark, we? What's going Dark side on? Is. Dark side Dark side is. Is. Dark side is. <laughs> so we open up on another veggie tray, <laughs> and um, and they are they are preparing to to go to the meeting with with dark side on apocalypse um and uh you know getting ready for the party as well so uh the baby's in the stroller um of course they bring the uh the little toy stuffed batman with even though batman kills babies and uh they head over to apocalypse um there is a wonderful series of panels uh again in the nine panel format of dark side <laughs> munching on carrots in the veggie tray so like for christmas last year um i got adam a notebook with these nine panels on it because it is the funniest series of panels in this entire uh series it is just dark side munching on some carrots it's great um so they approach dark side on his throne um and they uh they are so dark side has a a hench guy there essentially uh named uh Desaad. um and Desaad immediately says you know you've, you've come to kill our our lord god um and he's like no no you know scott's like no man you know we're just we're just here to, to end the war accept his offer you know trade our kid for peace you know whatever and, and Desaad is like oh you're lying um but scott free is very sarcastic uh and is like yeah how am i going to do that i'm going to kill an infinite god with my incredible escape powers i'm going to escape him to death um and uh Desaad is like well that was sarcastic um <laughs> so um they prepare to give jacob up and barda is you know says her her words of farewell you know that that this is this is grandpa you know and and remember that mommy loves you and hands him over to dark side um 
there is a series of hilarious uh, panels where Jacob is in being held by Darkseid's two giant hands and uh, his immediate reaction is to reach up and grab Darkseid's nose and uh, yell baby gibberish. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, he Darkseid uh, lets him know that, you know, okay, you know, we, we will honor our, our side of the pact. Um, you know, that we'll, we'll withdraw our troops, um, you know, we'll return all your captives, uh, and your inspectors will be welcomed. Uh, and as for the anti-life equation, um, the equation is knowledge. It is learning the way to take a person's will to remove that which allows any resistance. It is an understanding of how to excise hope. Um, now this knowledge cannot be erased. Um, but, and dar- here, dark side removes his own eye and hands it to them and says, without his eye, uh, he can't wield the Omega beams. Without the beams, the equation is useless. He cannot execute the schematic. So he cannot use the anti-life equation uh, without the, these Omega beams, I guess, that have something to do with his eye. So the way that it works is they have the gun and uh, Darkseid has the ammunition, if that makes any sense. Um, so Barda then squishes uh, his eye and destroys it. Um, Scott asks to say goodbye to his boy and they allow it. Um, so he uh, talks to Jacob and he says, you know, when I was in places I thought I couldn't get out of, I thought maybe sometimes, you know, I, I felt that somewhere someone loved me or maybe loves me. Um, but I love you, Jacob. I love you so much. And as he does this, he's like, all right, Barda, I got him. Let's go. And uh, Barda whips out this machine, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, which shoots out glowing green energy uh, that is it's taken from the miracle machine. Um, they had uh, extracted it uh, a while back and, and hadn't figured out how to use it until now. Um, it was too much, too powerful, uh, and nothing stops it, nothing slows it, nothing survives it. Um, in other words, there's no escape, and they shoot it directly at Darkseid, and she is screaming, you know, die, 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 um, except it doesn't kill Darkseid, because Darkseid is. Because of the violation of the agreement... Um, you answered my question. How fun is that? <laughs> Good times for me. That was... I- I predicted that and I feel good yes, about myself. So I am, I am here. <laughs> um, so they, they tell him uh, that, you know, they, they're going to redeploy the troops, ex- execute all the prisoners. Um, and, uh, you know, Darkseid does regret the loss of his eye, but he will take yours instead. Um, and not quite sure they, that's how, uh, that's how that works, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how eyeballs work. I mean, little um, eye for an eye imagery there, which, you know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Um, and uh, Scott literally tells Darkseid, fuck you. And they begin to fight. Um, Darkseid, as they are fighting, lets him know that uh, he thinks that Scott is a disappointment. He was given the greatest gift anybody can receive, which was pain. Uh, pain makes you steady. Pain makes you strong. Pain makes you able to conquer and rule. Um, but what did Scott do with all this pain? He performed some stupid stunts. He got married. He had a kid. You know, what a waste of time. 
Um, as this is going on, Scott has been knocked to the ground. Jacob has been knocked loose of, uh, out of his arms and he is slowly trying to, and Jacob is now crying, uh, slowly trying to crawl over to him to protect him. And, uh, and Barda, who has been also knocked to the ground as well, you know, is beaten and, and bleeding. Um, Barda says, Scott free, stand. And initially Scott tries to tell him, tell her that, that he can't, like he can't do it. Um, but he, he finally replies standing um, and then attacks Darkseid. Um, and he's got a Farron knife. <clears throat> um, the Farron knife in this particular case was made from Orion. Um, your other, and he says, you know, remember Orion, dad, your other boy who you killed leaving me the body. Remember Orion, the guy that the prophecy says is the only one who can kill you. Um, it turns out that Barda had managed to make a Farron knife out of the flesh of Orion um, because she had the knowledge to make that bone wine that we mentioned earlier um, as, you know, as, as gifts for, for, uh, for, for dark side. She's a, she's also able to make these Farron knives. Um, so they get Jacob. Jacob is fine. Um, and immediately Barda's first thing out of her mouth, is what was up with all the fuck you in front of Jake? Um, you know, you you had to swear in front of Jake. You know, now it's going to be his first words, blah, 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 blah. And then Metron appears again. Um, he is sitting on the throne and pulls back essentially a cloak to reveal himself. And is like, you you know, you've prevailed. You've slain, you've slain the devil. You know, you've, you've, you've embraced your fear. You've embraced your love. You, you know challenge the unchallenged you dared the trap of death you escaped but now it is time to look into the face of god to hear your cheers and take your final bow where you are is not where you should be scot free there is another world and this is the only panel uh this is actually the only uh um series of panels that's not a nine panel it's a two-page spread of pretty much everybody in the justice league um sort of erupting out you know to to go on a uh, some kind of quest or fight or whatever um but it is a little glitched out in places as well and the glitching part makes it very unclear as to what's going on um the final page is just everybody being stunned uh the notable part here is that uh little one-year-old jacob manages to say fuck um <laughs> so you know that's that's why i like to teach babies swears they're very good at mm -hmm. uh, learning them um <laughs> so we open up again and everything is normal everything is fine scott is in the shower barda is in bed the mirror that granny goodness uh the, the mirror of goodness is now hanging in the bathroom it's their bathroom mirror um they kind of bicker a little bit about the placement of the mirror um scott shaves so during this entire time he's he's had like a, a mustache and a beard but he shaves clean um and things are very weird. Things are very strange. A glitched out version of Granny Goodness is behind him in the mirror, but he, she's also there next to him in real life, um, talking about how grown up and handsome he is. How could you have done this to me? All of this pretend life is in your head. You're insane and you're making it up to escape from me. You should have opened your eyes. Metron was a sing signal. You should have come back. You should have listened to me. We cut over to the kitchen, uh, where Funky Flesh Man appear, apparently uh, is a little bit late as a as a nanny. 
Um, but he arrives just in time um, for them to go off to uh, to Apocalypse and to do basically a a solo. But uh, Barda has like a solo combat with uh, somebody named Kanto, um, and uh, it's a very casual fight. Like, okay, let's just go. Um, and uh, Forager of the Bugs appears next to Scott. And again, he's very glitched out. Everything around him is not only only Forager is. Um, and Forager says, what can I say, man? You're in hell. You killed yourself. You died. You went to hell. You had your escape. And you actually found a way to escape. And you decided not to escape. So now you're just in hell, like forever. You should have gotten out. It's miserable here. It's all death and fire. Look at what happened to me. I'm telling you, there isn't a speck of hope in it. I know you think you can fight, but you can't punch your way out of this. Um, after this one, there's another one. And, you know, after this double, there's another one. And after this, this double, there's another one. It doesn't, hell doesn't get better. It's never okay. And that's why it's hell. So at this point, it's unclear whether or not any of this has actually even happened. Is he in hell? Is this real? Is this another reality? Is this another world? Is this what is happening? Um, and we cut over to uh, Ed Barda getting an ultrasound. Um, she is pregnant again for the second time. Uh, it is a girl this time around. Um, and there's in the in the elevator there, you know, Orion is talking to Scott uh, in the elevator. Uh, nobody else can see uh, him, just Scott. Um, but he tells Scott, you know, dark side's gone. I'm God. You're the high father now. You've got everything you wanted. You know, family of your dreams. Um, you killed yourself. You went to paradise. You're in heaven. Um, you found a way to to make this work. You decided to stay. Uh, I can't say that I blame you, but I can say I'm a little disappointed in you. Everything here is just easy and nice. You might as well be dead. Um, so this is kind of fucked up, right? Like this is um, this is definitely taken a very odd turn. Um, and. <laughs> So Scott and Barda are talking about how they're once again in LA traffic. Um, and they're talking about like this time we can't renovate our way out of this. We have to move. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have to be stuck here all the time. LA is a mess. Um, <laughs> and Barda's like, Oh, but I love the condo. I love LA. And he's like, that's a myth. Nobody loves LA. Right. Um, it's true. <laughs> people just come here because they think they have to and they don't leave because they think that they can't. Yep. Um, <laughs> Today I learned I am Mr. Miracle. I escaped. <laughs> you can escape anything, Scott Free. That's right. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Funky and Funky Flashman and Jacob are playing and Funky Flashman and Funky Jacob with great power comes great possibility. And, uh, and Excelsior. Jacob replies, yeah. <laughs> uh excelsior um and uh so, so they've got they've got jake um and jake and uh and scott go over to the couch and on the couch is a glitched out representation of dark side who doesn't say anything uh and scott lays on his back he's got jacob on his chest he's singing uh you know the hustle baby to him and props his feet up on the imaginary question mark, real question mark, uh, version of Dark Side. Continues singing to Jacob, completely calm. And there's another little uh, flash over to young Scott Free, um, where it's kind of to to echo the uh, 
the story all the way at the beginning of the book. Um, the son asked, what is the fourth world? And the father said, the first world is the old world, the world of my parents from which they fled. The second world is the new world, which they sought, which they found where I came to be. The third world is our world as it is now in the making, the future being born. And the fourth world, my child, is that is my world, the world I see when I close my eyes and try to escape. So that is uh, running to the grocery store, the convenience store to pick up more hot dogs for Jacob. And uh, yet again, there is a glitched out uh, memory or representation of the high father um, who says, you know, you've had your revelation. You understand now, you know, who you are, uh, who, who I am. Um, you face the anti-life equation and it warped you. It warped your world. You almost escaped it, but not quite. Um, you were not as strong as I was. You could not make the choice I had to make, but you know what? Don't be ashamed about that. You tried your best. I'm super proud of you. Um, Scott then punches this, uh, ghost memory thing, glitched out thing. And yells, fuck you. And yells, fuck you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, the high father, uh, is like, Scott, you know, you don't, don't you understand who I am and what I did for you? Um, so they are in the rain and walks away. Um, and, uh, so we, we cut over again to a normal family life scene, you know, cutting up hot dogs for Jacob. He's got a Batman pacifier, which is pretty cute, even though Batman kills babies. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Scott is now having a, a conversation with the glitched out, uh, representation of, um, Oberon, his former partner and friend. Um, and, uh, you know, Oberon is like, you know, Hey, you know, I, I, what do I need more of life for? I had a good life. You know, I saved the world. I made people clap. I saw you married your best girl. I'm doing great. But Scott, how are you? And Scott replies, I'm sorry. I think I did everything wrong. I should have escaped. I shouldn't have escaped. Everything is wrong. And Oberon is like, Hey, look, it's okay. You're all right, kid. Like, you know, that, that other world that Metron showed you all these crises and continuities that never really make sense. That world full of superheroes who always end up hunky-dory? You think that's more real than that wife of yours and that kid? Sell me another one. Um, and all of this, he says, kid, all of this will break your heart. You can't escape that. But if you're good and if you stay good, you'll know that there's someone out there who will help you put it back together. And we cut over again to Scott and Barda on the couch. And he tells her that something weird happened when he picked up Jacob today. Um, he picked him up and he looked him in the face and it was like, Jake wasn't looking just at him. He was looking past him at his dad and his dad's dad and his dad all the way back to the beginning. Um, and then he, you know, he's like, and he says, I'm not just looking at Jake either. I'm seeing his kid looking at him and that kid's kid looking and that, and all that kid, all, like all the way forward to the end. And it just felt like we were nothing. Um, and I was scared and I almost wanted to run away. I thought it was a trap. Um, but then I thought all those other people, they're not real anymore or yet they went or they're coming, but they're not here now. And I'm here and you're here. And Jake's here. Even this new little girl, she's here. And then I wasn't scared. I didn't have to run. I just enjoyed it. Seeing all of it, all of us going back and forward, like looking into the face of God. And then Barta asked if he wants to watch something on TV. 
And she's and he's like, oh, I forgot. I accidentally washed the remote in the dishwasher. Well, no, Jake, Jake put, put it in the there. The remote in yeah. the dishwasher, and I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and Barda says, and, and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I meant to run to the store today, but everything was super busy. And, and Barda's like, dark side is. And she replies, and he, Scott replies, I know, but we are too. And she says, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, what is wrong with you? And he replies, I can always escape. And she says, can you? And they kiss. And that is the final panel, is a glitched out panel of them kissing. So that is the entirety of the run on Mr. Miracle. That's how they leave you? That's how they that leave you. That is how they leave you. <laughs> Did this even you. happen? Did this even happen? Right. Was that was all of that real? And actually, Did there's even the there's even yeah, there's even a little panel that says Mr. Miracle will not return. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, I I it's it's in a cart right now. Mr. Miracle is in a cart right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's in a cart with uh with Up in the Sky. So um, yes, because that was recommended to me by. Also by Leia, and yes. I have I'm, I have more affection for DC than she does. But if she recommends something from DC, then I know it is uh, pure gold. Um, yes, yes, and I love both of those runs for very good reasons. Um, but what did you think of this one? This this is this is nonsense. Is what this is. This is <laughs> <laughs> especially after all of that. After after all of that, like stuff, and it all comes together. It, and then you're left wondering what what was this or what was the reality is he stuck yeah, in a different Scott reality is, is he yeah is he in limbo is he in hell is he in heaven did he die is he alive yeah is is he in earth one i mean like is right what where yeah yeah that's there's a lot there's so much nonsense going on in that i mean it's great <laughs> it's absolutely great but i i this just, is a lot. This story is actually one of the times where I feel like, even though my job is to explain it to you, this doesn't have a satisfying explanation. Right. It's, it, it is highly subjective, um, and I can I can only take you so far. But what you ultimately what you think happened is what happened, uh, which is also a pretty neat trick. Right. We um, we probably could have explained it by just that's saying that's the whole core. Yeah, we probably could have just said like, "Can you explain, Mister Miracle?" We could have just said, "Yeah, Dark Side is." Mm-hmm. And and going forward, that will be our official explanation for the story. <laughs> and Batman kills babies. Batman yes. kills Batman babies. Kills babies. Yes. And Dark Those Side are two is. Things. Those are the two things. I mean, like, I think it's I think it's gonna like struggle with Dark Side is, but so are we. And yep, right. Like, I think that's gonna be where I where I where I struggle with the most. I you know. Also, this has been a month of me dealing of me watching, dealing, reading. Um, with some existential dread comics or shows. So I feel like it's <laughs> semi-cruel to do Mr. Miracle right after seeing Midnight Mass. Uh, so like, Which oh, is also on my list. Yeah. Haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I can I can I can I can absolutely see actually the connective tissue between Midnight Mass and this because it tackles very similar themes for sure. Um, I didn't yeah. think about it until you literally just mentioned it now. And what a great um, parallel. Like, wow. I love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I... Uh, like, was, I loved both of those very much. I was in class and we were talking about... I actually uh, was talking to a friend who had just finished Midnight Mass. And uh, they had done the stupider thing 
of making of shotgunning it all the way to episode six and then going to bed on that. Oh no. And then Big finishing. No. Big no. Um but he was like I was like, hey, did you see Haunting of Hill House? And he goes, No. And I said, This might Haunting of Hill House might be my favorite series in a decade. So yeah. get on that. Yeah. Yeah. And this was my fam- favorite comic book series uh, of a decade. So um, yeah, all yeah. all three. So it's Midnight Mass, Hunting of Hill House, and then there's another one, right? Hunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. Yeah. All three are on our list. We started Haunting of Hill House. I think we watched two episodes and need to watch. Oh more. God. It's Hold it's episode three. This is it's it's really it's really Mike Flanagan's signature. It's like episode three is where the where you've gotten to the top of the first lift hill on the roller coaster and it all like goes from there. Oh excellent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and that's true of Midnight Mass, that's true of uh Hill House, it's true of Bly Manor. Well, um, I mean, our our friend uh John Hildebrand loved Midnight Mass and uh he doesn't like anything. So <laughs> That's true. That's, that's so true. true. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, although I do please him with 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 Euro board games. He tends to like those. Yes. Um <laughs> he does wise, like though. things. Yes. He does so, like things. He's just very selective. Yes. Very selective. <laughs> Very selective. Well, thank you so much for for doing this for me. This was this was uh, a glorious. Yeah, I'm going to this is definitely one that's going to go in my bookshelf. Like I said, I did not read it before this. Uh, This was all Leia that like it was on the list from Leia. And um, (laughs) I'm glad that you chose it. Uh, And and it was very apropos uh, for our guest for for Jr. Because, yeah, theology and quite a bit of therapy involved in this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. philosophy, philosophy. Uh, like yeah. just all wrapped in it was uh it, it was it was a treat so i gotta ask yeah. uh, jen now that you've listened uh to this and knowing that we have the digital copy mm-hmm. should i throw this on your ipad to for you to flip through yes please okay <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent well yeah. Um, thank you so much, JR, for, for joining Excellent. us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, you still there? Did everybody freeze? Uh-oh. No, I'm here. I'm oh, okay. I'm having a good time. Okay. I just okay. can sit really still on a Zoom call. I've learned it from years. <laughs> <laughs> I can look like I'm dead. People have often been like, did he freeze? And I'm like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Like, but you froze. Nope. nope. I can nope. sit really still on a Zoom call. <laughs> so whether or not, uh, we, this will be the order. I'm going to announce it anyway, because I will just make it the order. Uh, tune in in two weeks uh, when we do Marvel Noir. Uh, this is the first time that we're not going to do just one graphic novel. We're going to explain kind of a world uh, by going through several different graphic novels. Uh, and we will have the lovely and and, uh, and talented Dan Schaefer uh, with us, who we always have a good time with. So, yes. Um, Until then, take it away, Vandello. A little wreck conversation, some deep reactions, please. All this comics narration alienating me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little fight, baby, is what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me.
Betting Deadlock 2021.